All right, hi guys. Um, so I got a name specifically for this one. Um, Janet um, with some fibromyalgia. And I just saw God's peace and love soothing your nerves. And I also just uh, saw unforgiveness with a close family member just evaporating from your body. And I always picture that kind of like when water's boiling and you see the steam leaving, I, I pictured it like that. Then there's someone with uh, lesions on their skin. And I, I saw those shrinking in the blink of an eye and healing. And this phrase is specific to you. I saw perfect, beautiful skin underneath. So that'll mean something for you. And then lastly, someone um, see that there was like a, a partial drowning situation and you're in the hospital. And I just, I just went back and there was a boating thing and I just pictured you making it through the day perfectly and going to bed that night feeling rested and that you had a great day. That never happened. So... And uh, if you hear any of this, what Ashley's sharing, they're very accurate, guys. So um, lay hold of it. Like we, I, I forget what the one that you did last week, but the lady sent in the testimony right away. You were praying for it. Yeah. She, was, she said, I see somebody that, that uh, is, doesn't want to have abdominal surgery. And then right after that, I get a mom going, oh, my gosh, that's my son. She goes, I was weeping like a, like a baby. So if, the, if you hear any of this stuff, don't go, I wonder if that's me. If you need that, lay hold of it. That's what it means. It says, yes. Lay hold of it simply means, I agree. Thank you, Father. And just live as if it's real. And then if you don't, you don't need anybody else to, it's very, it's helpful for some people when, they, when you hear a, uh, a message like that from Ashley or whoever. But if, it, if you're still waiting for one, prophesy over yourself, it says. Physician, heal yourself. You've got prophecy within you. Does that make sense? Just say, this is who I am. That's prophecy. Right? It'll be more accurate than what you're hearing in the prophetic conference of whatever. So... Because most of them going, oh, they've been wrong. I've heard that everybody's the Antichrist for, since I was a kid, Reagan was, and then pretty much every president, now, I don't know, George Soros is or something, I don't know who is, maybe Biden, I don't know. So uh, anyway, you guys know what the Antichrist is. It's nothing we're waiting for. It's to deny Christ in someone. That's it. When you look at somebody else and go, they don't have Christ in their flesh, that's Antichrist. That's all it is. So... There's nothing to wait for, nothing to be scared. Actually, be scared of those guys if they're going to prophesy over your life, right? So, all right, the two covenants. Ooh, 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 ooh. This is so good when I get into it. I just start laughing because it's so delicious, actually. Um, and here, a covenant is a covenant is a covenant. A covenant literally just means two things are joined together, and life is going to get created out of that. Let me talk about the two covenants. I'll just give it to you so we, I can get through the first slide. All right. In the beginning, would that be a place to start? Let's start at the beginning. Because I think, I think once you get this, I was showing, I was kind of running this by Barb. I was, I was so excited maybe a week ago when it was just like, yes, okay, this, this, uh, the whole thing, once you start to understand really all the symbolism in the, in the Hebrew imagery, it actually becomes quite simple. Otherwise, the Bible is really, really confusing. Everybody ever understand, get confused? I did, which is kind of why I do it like that. I'm like, everything you're telling me... I, you don't have answers. And uh, I'd rather have answers than, I don't know. So Genesis 1 is a good place to start, right? And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what it says in English. Now let me share what it really says in Hebrew. Fair enough? So Bereshit is, in the beginning, <clears throat> Elohims. Jesus says, one became many. You're my body. God of one became many parts, you and I. 
So we're the Elohims he's talking about here. So it says, in the beginning, Elohims, gods, you and I, created sons, offspring. And then he tells us how. It's a little untranslated thing called the left off that in your English Bibles, they just ignore it as if it's not there. Um, they all do. King James, and if you look in concordance, I've shared this with you, it says, untranslatable. Well, the Hebrews knew what it was. They put it in there about a thousand times if you go look. It's left off everywhere, right? Maybe we should know what, find out what they said it is, because they wrote it. Wouldn't that be a good place? And then once you do, you're like, oh my gosh, this, it's, this is everywhere. So it says, in the beginning, we were gods, and we created offspring, meaning we had the power of God to create life out of ourselves, right? And then it says, Aleph Toph. And Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it's a picture of a man, or a vav, and it's got a yad, the power of God, or the finished work is the Hebrew letter for 10, the power of God above and below. So here's the symbolism here is, is what it says. In the beginning, gods were be able to create offspring. You and I were able to create out of ourselves. And it says we could take the finished work, what we did within ourselves, in the spirit, and bring it to the physical world. We were the vav. We were the connector of God. We were the connector of heaven and earth, right? And then it says the heavens and the earth. And so it says the heavens are connected to the earth. The spiritual is connected to the physical. So Genesis 1 simply says this. It says, in the beginning, as gods, you and I are able to create offspring, both spiritually and physically. By what we do, by the seed from the heavenly seed in a man brings it into physical reality. Both spiritually, what we do with our thoughts, as well as physically, what we do in intimacy. A husband and wife brings offspring. Does that make sense? So this is how the whole Bible works. It'd be a good thing to know, right? Instead of just ignoring what that little thing is that every English translation ignores. And go, I don't even know how many times I should look. If you go have a concordance on your phone, go, Aleftof, et, is what it says in Hebrew. It'll say, it's in there a ton. Like, I don't know how many times, but a lot. And every time it just says, we don't know what this is. <laughs> but we have Bible schools, so even though they don't know what that is. So anyway, does that help you for, for what, it, what it means? All right, now, we're told this. So, um, all the Old Testament stories are shadows. It says they're not the real thing. Faith is the real thing, meaning what we do spiritually. So all those are stories about something that's going to happen in the temple of God. Where is the temple of God? We are. So once you get all of those stories and the stories of the tabernacle and the temple, that is something to do with the human anatomy, who we are as as uh, created beings of God. Does that make sense to you? All right, so let me share a couple things with you. As, uh, oh, Jeff's got it. Okay, cool, good, good work, my man. I thought it would take you longer. Can we hit that next slide? All right, now I'm trying to, I wanna go through this like, like ABCs a little bit here. So a covenant, literally, is the, the last letter. So it says from the beginning to the end, the left off, as gods, we have the ability to create spiritually as well as physical offspring. The power from above is connected in the man and brings it to below when two things are joined together. That's tough. And that'll be how it is from the beginning to the end. That's a covenant. So covenant is two things joined together that brings the abundant life and fulfilled desires of man. All of the covenants are about how to satisfy man's desire. Every one of them, if you go understand it. And hell, the only definition of hell literally was when we miss the mark, when we have unfulfilled desires, 
we're in hell. This is what it says, is we can't, we're, we get depressed. We, our body starts to shut down, all these different things, because we can't fulfill our desire. And so then once, gosh, the imagery is like flooding to me right now, I'm telling you. So he says, um, and what he's saying, if you go look at Jesus when he's talking about, hey, it's better to cut off your hand or better off your foot if you sin, what he's saying is, if physical reality is, is hampering you, by you're seeing results you don't want in your physical world, it would be better to not be able to see that and enter into the kingdom. Because it's going to hamper you. You're, you're walking by your physical sight versus what you can do within your mind, right? So it says, don't even look at that. It'd be better if that's cut off. It's not literally telling you to cut off. It's saying, act like it's not there. Act like what you're seeing in the physical is not there and go within and receive what you want. He says, because if you don't, this is where the imagery gets really explicit, your wormwood will burn with passion forever and it'll never go out. And that's hell is how he describes it. Unfulfilled desire. Isn't that interesting? So anyway, um, we see when the, when the covenant's described to Abraham, he says this. He says, uh, if you guys remember the, I should have gave you this verse. I don't remember what it is, but, it, but you guys will know the story. When he cuts a covenant with Abraham, right? And so he does this. He goes, Abram, take all of the living creatures, cut them in half, and God will walk between the pieces, right? And then he says, but the birds don't cut. Now the imagery is perfect again. So he's saying, all of physical creation is when God, man himself, I'll show you, walks between two bloody halves, a covenant is established and physical creation comes out. But the birds will not shed blood because it's spiritual. So he says, don't cut the birds because blood is not going to be shed when a, when a male and a female comes together and the veil is pierced by the man, blood comes out, right? And that's covenant. She's going to give birth. Now, he says, but the birds, there's no blood because it's all internal. You getting the imagery? So covenant is literally when God walks between two halves. You're starting to picture, uh, hopefully, what, what everything's going on. So that is the heaven, both spiritually and physically. Are we good on that? All right, now let's go word. I was kind of laughing about all this stuff because I, I hear the, the really serious preachers going, and the word of God, right? And they go, it's called intimacy. <laughs> so, well, I said, if you're that serious when you're intimate, wow, great marriage that would be. So sounds like fun, not... So, dabar, the word of God, literally is dabar, it's delet bet resh. It's a command, and command, I'm kind of just, let me just do this naturally instead of looking at my notes. So, dabar is delet bet, uh, delet bet resh, and a word comes out of what? When somebody says something, what does it come out of? Their mouth, right? So, the mouth is literally the Hebrew pay, and it all it is, is if you go look it up in Hebrew, it says, a blowing out of the head, of the opening of the mouth. Well, there's a physical one, and then there's the spiritual one, right? That's what Dilet is. And Dilet, it's really interesting because Dilet, literally, if you, if you take Dilet, Dilet Betresh, Betresh is bar is sons, creates offspring, right? Dilet is the doorway, the gateway where the seed is blown out from the end of a man's staff. There's a physical one and a spiritual one, right? And you're going to see all this imagery in, uh, in, in really in the, in the whole temple system, which is a picture of you and I. So physical, the joining of two physical beings, the head of the male releases the word, 
the gateway of, of man that releases the seed <clears throat> that controls the covenant. And it's at the end of the man's staff. It's at the top of the man's staff is literally what it says. So they're using this very explicit, intimate, uh, intimate language to show you as, as beautiful and wonderful as physical intimacy is, that's only the holy place. If you would come up a little bit higher in your revelation to the most holy place, I mean, if you look at a man's temple, right? A man and a woman are both the temple. So the holy place is how do we physically create down here? And it, go, it says, but if you come up a little higher, the holiest of holies is the spiritual covenant. This is the real one. You guys getting this? So think about the imagery. The word of God, it's not your book. It's not your book. So next, I, 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 I got to quit because I, 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 I turn on some of this Christian television and I literally start laughing out loud most of the time because I know what it means now and they're all serious. The word of God and if you knew the word of God, I'm like, your wife does. I don't know if you do. <laughs> I'm like, good Lord, it's so wrong, it can't be more wrong. So anyway, it's talking about the command comes out of the head of the man, and it is out of the top of that man's staff, and it is the word of God. It's a command, it's a seed, and it does not return void. Does that help you? But he says, but that's not even the real one. As great as that is, if you understand that physical covenant of the holy place of man, there's something even better how you can even live. Prayer should be the same joy and fulfillment as sexual intimacy is what he's trying to tell the, the readers. He says, you know what? Because you're going to see all the same furniture that's in the holy place is the same furniture is up here. You have the rod, you have the altar of incense, and you have a command coming out of, the, of a man's staff. So physically here comes out of a, a man's reproductive parts. Here, when the heart and the head get combined, the rod of Aaron passes between the two halves of our cerebrum, our emotions and our, our mind get connected in covenant, two things are joined, we release the command of God, we shall decree a thing and it shall be established. That's what it's saying. We simply say what we desire, and that is a seed as powerful as a male seed in a woman's womb. What you do will create. No ifs, ands, or buts. That is the beautiful covenant is what he says. This is going to come out of the pay, the opening of a man's head. Isn't that fascinating? Now we can start, let's get after some of these stories, shall we? I don't think I'll get to know it tonight. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow night. If you were on Thursday, we got after it with Noah, didn't we? On the fellowship. It was quite fun. Um, anyway, all right. So let's go to this, this picture. You may not be able to see it, but let me describe it to you because I think you'll get the imagery. Remember, we're the covenant, right? We're the temple. When two things come together, the power of God is released. When God himself walks between two halves, a covenant is released and it, a, a word is released and it has the power of God to create. That's all the imagery rare. So anyway, I think you'll really start to get this. So <clears throat> the entrance of the temple, the main gates are on the east side. And then we have this imagery that says, the sun rises from the east, right? So there's, there's a rising up. And it's the outer court or the Gentiles. It's the same root of genitalia. So it's the reproductive organs of man. And it enters into the next place of the temple is the court of a woman. Getting this? And the, the rising up of the man enters into the gates with shouts of praise, the two-leaved gates of the woman, the two halves of the woman, right? And the waters from above, he's, they're face-to-face. -face. So if the man is in intimacy with the woman, the waters from above is released into the waters below, and the blood and the water mix. So you see the laver, and the, the offering, does that make sense? The altar? 
And it's a done deal. That's what it says. And guess what? The showbread, the unleavened bread is now leavened with the seed of man. And what does a woman start to do when she's a few months pregnant? Starts to show. The unleavened bread becomes showbread. They're showing it so easy that you can't screw this up. You got to go to Bible school to screw this up, I found out. Because they taught me that everything other than this. And I'm going, this is what the Hebrews were writing. It's like, oh, we get it. This is really cool. Is this exciting anybody else? I love this. Because every scripture will make sense to you once you get this. You'll see the imagery over and over and over and over. So, reproductive organs of a man go into the court of the woman. You have water and blood mixed, is what it says. The labor and the altar are mixed. And guess what? The showbread, the unleavened bread, starts to show. Now, the holiest of holies, you got all the same imagery, guys. You got the second covenant that Moses was given. The first covenant was not shown to man. The second covenant, because stone is literally eben. Stone is the Hebrew word eben. And it's literally ab, a left bet, ab, abba, right? And nun. So stone is the seeds of life of the Father. So he says the first covenant is the seeds of life of the Father. You can see physical stones, what they had. The second set of stones, the second set of stones, he tells Moses, the commandments, don't show these to the people, put them where? In the holiest of holies. Put them in the Ark of the Covenant in the holiest of holies. But you have all the same furniture in the holy place. You have the rod of Aaron, that buds. The man's staff, remember the end of the man's staff is Debar. It's got to come out of the end of a man's staff. So you got the rod of Aaron, that buds, right? You got the altar of incense, and you got manna that comes from heaven. It's the exact same furniture, amen? So you care if we get into this a little bit? But it really is good. The whole thing is about satisfying your desire. We need to satisfy our physical desires as well as our spiritual desires. Ah, now you're no longer missing the mark. Now you know you're sons of God. You know you can create life just like God. That's all the imagery in all those stories. So let's go through this. I'm gonna have a little fun with you guys now. Let's, uh, so let's talk about the next picture is just the, the golden altar of incense. All right, so we see the candlestick, the golden candlestick in the holy place. What do you, that's the man. So what do you think the golden altar of incense is? The woman, right? And if you go read the imagery, it, it says this is, I wrote the golden candlestick is the man, the, the golden branch, that means the branch of a man that has the power of God to create. And at the very top, I shared with you guys a little bit, at the very top there's a flame and glistening. It's oil. The oil of the man's head falls down on the beard. And that's the golden candlestick, the stick that has the power of God to create. The altar of incense is the same thing. Because if you go look at the imagery, it says there's this entrance where the, and it says that the altar is for the burning coals of man's desire. What do you think that is? Right? And it's on two acacia poles. Acacia was always wood. So he's showing you we're both man and God. The divinity of God is overlaid with gold. And we're, the acacia wood is always man. Wood, branch, stick, branches, oak trees of righteousness, all is always mankind. Right? So this... This altar of incense made for the burning desire of man is also on two poles overlaid with uh, wood. It's the woman. It's a, it's a woman. And then it's really interesting because once a year, the high priest would come in, and if you see that, there's four horns on it, right? 
<clears throat> and what he would do is, it, it literally, if you go look at the imagery, he says, once a year he would cover the woman, he would cover the altar of incense, and put drops of life, blood, of the male ram on the horn. But he would only do it once a year. Because the woman, typically, how many babies do you have in a year? One. You would be at one mint. Once a year you'd be at one mint. And the, the, the blood of the ram, the offering of the male, was placed on the altar of incense. The, the, an altar literally means a crevice or trench made for the, the burning coals. And interesting. I find it interesting. I go, it's not what they taught me in Bible school. <laughs> this is what it means, actually. So, does that help you? Now let's go into a little bit more of the imagery, Zechariah, about the candlesticks. I want to show you. It sounds funny, but this is supposed to be the most beautiful thing to satisfy your desires. And we've blown it. Like, we've mixed it all just crazy. So this is, I, this is where, if you want to have fun, what I'm doing now is with religious people, I go, uh, what is that, Zerubbabel? You don't know what that is? I just listen to the nonsense that's going to come out after that. So, so Zechariah 4.1, and it says, an angel is literally a message or a thought within me was speaking within me, and it returned and woke me as a man has awakened from sleep. So think about a man laying down, and he wakes from sleep. Gets up. This is really pretty simple stuff, actually. So it says, there was a message within me, and I started to get aroused just like a man arises from sleep. Okay? So, and then, because it, it says there was a return of a damar, a command. Remember that command? That damar is the, the, the door or gate at the end of the, a man's staff that releases a command that has the power of life in it. So there was an arousal just like when a man's aroused from laying down, he gets up to sleep. Verse 2, what do you see? When you see that, what do you see? That's what he's saying. Do you get the imagery is what he's saying. I see a golden lampstand, I replied, with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven spouts to the lamps. There are also two olive trees. If you look in Hebrew, Italy says olive trees or two olives. So get the imagery. You have a golden stick of a man with two olives. What did he just say? <laughs> That's why it's so fun to me. To, religious people are so easy to have fun with. So it's just hilarious to me. So there are also two olive trees by it, Mildred. One on the right side and bowl on the other. Don't you know what that is? No, we didn't learn this in Bible school. Oh, what are these, my Lord? She says to him. <laughs> I asked the message who was speaking within me. Do you not know what these are, replied? No, my Lord, I answered. So in, literally, if you go look it up, I don't have time to go through every word. Like Thursday and Sundays, I go word for words for you guys to show you I'm not making this stuff up. It's just like the translators should all be fired. Like they should be fired, literally. Like I don't know who wrote this or translated it, but you're all wrong. So... And I, Bar, I was telling Barb, I said, when it went from Hebrew and Aramaic to meaning, and it went to Greek, is when everything got screwed up. Because Greek was this logical, literal language. And that's why it's fun if you get on, uh, Paul from Iraq is usually on there, and he speaks Aramaic, and we'll be going through it in Hebrew, and he goes, oh, this word means this. I go, sure enough. I click on it. I go, we don't have a word for it in English. It gets messed up, right? So, like when we were doing, uh, when we were doing um, Noah's Ark, when it says, but God remembereth Noah. We were taught this image that Noah was so good, he was obedient, he built an ark to save everybody. So God remembereth Noah. And he goes, before I even pulled it up, he goes, remembereth means to, be, to burn with desire as a male. I click on it, I go, you're right. But we go, oh, I remember. <laughs> no, he's going, Noah, Noah. Really, it literally is Noah. It's, Noah is this. 
Rest comes noon, the, the seed of life that's cast off into Chet, the inner chamber. Then you rest. That's, new, that's Noah. So, the, so he's saying, remember, Noah, remember you're male. You can plant any seed you want and fulfill your desire. I'll show you the imagery in there. It's actually beautiful. So he's not going, and God remembered Noah, because he was, what he's trying to do is like, Noah, it literally says, remember your male. You can plant any seed you want and receive your desire. Ah, now Noah gets it. Then all the imagery starts to happen, okay? So, all right. The golden lampstand, there's a fountain at the top of seven. Seven's the rest and completion of flame or glistening. Two olives on each side. I don't need to keep continue with that. You guys get the picture, right? Um, all right, so Zechariah 4, 6, we go to the next one. This is, I just want to show you how literal this is, and then we'll, we'll talk about the spiritual covenant to end this. So he says to me, the word, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, remember, word is Debar. It's, it's the gateway um, that, that controls the covenant at the end of a man's staff. So something comes out of the, of the end of a man's staff out of that door. So... So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power. So ladies, you, you should easily get this, right? When, once you've come together and the seed of a man is received, there's not much else you need to do, right? The bread begins to rise all of its own. The unleavened bread be, starts to rise and it becomes showbread. And guess what? You gave, think, I, I sit there in amazement still when I'm, when I'm reading through this and I go, if we would just stop and think that a man and a woman come together in intimacy, and we literally, clo- we, somehow that God's designed us to create God wrapped in clothes. That is grace. You can only say that's grace. How can we, there, what, there's no effort for you. The only effort was joy. And that's what he's trying to say. Prayer is the same way. Prayer, we enter the, just like we enter the gates with praise and thanksgiving, hallelujah, right? It's like prayer should be the exact same way going, all I need to do, everything's been given to me that pertains to life and godliness, all I need to do is go, yes, Lord, that's mine, and it'll become. There's no more effort to it. We shout grace of grace. So we'll just continue this, you'll get it. So it says, the word of the Lord says, Rubabel, not by your power, not by your might, but by my spirit, right? So it says the Lord of hosts, what are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain. He's telling the same thing. What is this rising up? The imagery, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about this great rising up of the man. So he says, what are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain. Then he will bring forth the capstone accompanied by shouts of grace, grace to it. So the word of the Lord, it's a command that comes out of the the end of a man's staff, whether it's physically or spiritually, that carries the power of God to create with no more effort on your own. That's grace, right? Physically, when a man's seed comes out, Spiritually, when you go, I am, I declare this is who I am. That is a command of God that carries the power of God, and there's nothing else for you to do but be in joy and receive it. That's how simple he's made the covenants. Isn't that easy? So, <clears throat> the word, the debar, the command sent out of the gate of the head of a man's staff that produces offspring. It's going to produce offspring. Just like physical offspring, your thoughts and your, your emotions are going to produce offspring in your life too. That's what he's trying to show you. <clears throat> and so, Zerab is really interesting. Zerubbabel, Zerab is to wax warm, and Babel, the root is that is Bilal. If you go look at it, it says the root is Bilal, which means to moisten and anoint. Hello. What I find amusing about all this is my sex education teacher had understood more of this than the Bible teacher. 
when she taught me all this stuff, and for me, I don't know if you guys had it, but it was so corny to me because I had this, like, <laughs> my sister will know. So the most religious aunt I had, my family was hyper-religious, all, all the family, there were like 8 million kids, and, you know, just ladies don't wear pants and the whole nine yards, just crazy stuff. Don't mow your lawn on Sunday because somehow God's going to see you and curse you. Just crazy stuff. So my Aunt Gerdina, her sister was Esther Planted. She was the fifth grade teacher that taught me my class. This is how things work, boys and girls. And I remember sitting there going, Esther Plantage wouldn't know anything about this. Look at her. She's like the epitome of the church lady on Dana Carvey on Saturday Night Live, but Satan, right? Like, that's who my teacher was. I'm like, really? Esther Plantage is going to teach me this? This ought to be fun. Get the popcorn, guys. So, hey, let me just tell you, your fifth grader knows quite a bit, more than you think, okay? So, you don't need Esther Plantage to tell her. Um, why are you laughing, Sulin? <laughs> Did you have one? Who was your teacher? Do you remember? No, I have a fifth grader. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about this. And they're going, oh, right? So anyway, are you getting it? So the mountain, it's har. It's, it's to behold the head that rises above everything else. So physically, he's going, hey, what is this mountain? And then he's telling you spiritually, he's going, look, what is above everything else on you? The man's head, resh, Right? says, behold, this is what controls everything spiritually. This is the holiest of holies up here. Your heart and your mind come together in covenant. And whatever, whatever you do, whatever, any desire you could ever have, this is how simple the covenant is. Simply say, the command, the word of God that does not return void comes out of the opening of a man's head, the pay, the mouth. And now you just rest, guys. That's how simple the covenant is. Amen? Does that make sense to you guys? I'm just trying to show you all the imagery. He says, <clears throat> the mountain... What is this great mountain above you that has become upright? That's literally what it means. Where it says, uh, oh, great mountain before Rezerubabel, you'll become a plain. It literally just means um, that great mountain will become a capstone. It literally says uh, to make level or plateau. That great mountain is going to level up and plateau. Interesting, right? <clears throat> and it says, and with sh- after, after everything's done, with shouts of grace, it says, Ararat, it's so interesting when you look at uh, uh, Noah and the mount, the, the ark came to rest on Ararat. Lily says, there's a, then there's a descending of the mountain. Once everything's done, there's a descending of the mountain. The mount, it came to rest on the mountain of Ararat. That's all it means is once, once the thing was done, it started to rest. And then it's really interesting if you were, you're, I should get into, get into that. I probably need to now that I told you. So, but does this make sense to you? So all he's talking about is if you understand physical intimacy here, you're going to understand the holiest of holies, where spiritual intimacy. And it's simply this, guys. What do you desire? I know that's so crazy, but the covenants are to fulfill a man's desire. Because if you don't get your desires fulfilled, you are going to be in hell, it literally says. It says your wormwood is going to last forever, and you're going to have a burning passion. The smoke is going to continue forever, and you cannot find rest. You're going to be depressed. Your body's going to boil down. And it doesn't come from anything religious. It doesn't come from anything. It's knowing who you already are. That you already possess everything. That he's given you everything to life and godliness. So never, never, never you have to ask God for something as if you can't have it. Does that make sense? You go, too late. I've given you it to you already. I've given you my royal rule and reign. And guess where it is? It's at the end of the man's staff on your shoulders, is what it says. 
The government's on your shoulders. The royal rule is on your shoulders, both physically and spiritually. Isn't that interesting? We think it's the Republicans or this, or economy is like, no, guys, don't get mixed up in any of that. Because if the economy completely went south, what you have right now is you can rock star through all of it. You really can. You can go, that means nothing to me. I'm going to see myself how I exactly want to be. That is salvation. And if I can just get emotional about it, that's why I always go, find out what you want. Then how does it feel? That's where Dispenza and these guys get it. They get this scripture, actually. They get the holiest of holies. They're going, the elevated emotion of joy and gratitude. Think on these things. So when that rod of Aaron, the elevated emotion of thank you, Father. And I can usually get, this, get it with somebody, probably you too, Ash, when we're praying with people, when they're like, I just don't know what I want. So I'll, if I know them a little bit, I'll go, I think this is what turns your boat, right? And then all of a sudden, they'll come to that rod of Aaron will elevate, right? And they'll go, oh, that would be amazing. The rest comes, everything. I go, that's it. Whatever you just experienced right there, that is prayer. So it's that getting into that emotion of, thank you, Father. That would be amazing. And when that elevated emotion passes between the two halves, remember, a covenant has to go between God himself. The physical part is God himself passing through the woman's halves, right? The spiritual is the rod of Aaron. Your elevated emotion passes through the two, the two creatures of your imagination, those heavenly messengers called cherubs. Isn't your brain two halves? Isn't it full of blood when you look at it? It says, when that emotion goes through the two halves of your cerebrum, out of the abundance of the mouth and the heart, what's going to come out? Praise and gratitude. Out of the abundance of the heart, boom, commands come out, pay. Thank you, Father, that's what I have. That's how the covenant works. It's that simple. Just as you don't have to add anything to the physical seed, you don't have to add anything to the spiritual seed. You just live your life going, I am. I am this. This is who I am. So from, from this day forward, here's what I would tell you to do. This is how simple it is. Take, take this seriously. Um, oh, man. What's the time? Can I, give, can I do five minutes on Noah? Because I'll kind of give you a preview tomorrow night. All right. Noah, 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 Noah. Oh, God. We, we couldn't have gotten it more wrong. We couldn't, there's not, we, me eating a chili cheese hot dog is, is more accurate than what you've been taught what Noah is, right? I'm serious, because me, me eating a chili cheese hot dog is I'm consuming something that brings me life, which is what the story of Noah is. The story of Noah is about creation, guys. Wouldn't your pastor be really interesting to know the flood is the woman's period? Now listen to this imagery. I was showing them word by word Thursday night, and people are going, oh my God, because you can't miss it. So here's what it says. And God remembereth Noah. And it says, Noah, remember you're a male. You can take any seed and plant it, and you will receive your desire. And then it says this, as gods, as Elohims, we come over the woman, and we breathe heavily through our nostrils. It says he, a wind went over. It says we breathe heavily through our nostrils. And then we check if the water has dried up. And for how many days and nights did it rain? 40 days and nights did it rain. All right, day is when you can see something. Night is when you can't see something. 40, you got to understand what 40 is. 40 is the mighty waters of a woman's womb. It's also the time where an embryo becomes uh, fruitful. So think, that, think about this. Here's what they're showing them. They're going, the mighty floodwaters of a woman. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. Day and night, right? 
Then we have this whole story where it says two by two go into the Ark of the Covenant. They go into either the physical Ark of Creation, which this is what it's about, and also the spiritual one. At the end of, the end of Noah's story, he really gets spiritual on you. And I'll, I'll share that, just give you a little preview for tomorrow night if you want to watch this. So it says, the man hovers over the woman with heavy breathing out of his nostrils and has the power to dry up the water. Isn't that interesting? Meaning she's now fertile. Noah, remember who you are. You have the power to plant any seed. Now, a woman's water, when she has a regular cycle, what happens? It washes out, there's a cleansing of the temple, the woman's temple, and it washes out all the water and all the seeds. Doesn't it? It destroys life. It has nothing to do with God sending water to kill people. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Now, follow this imagery further, because here's what it says. And he says, so he, oh, sorry, Jeff, my thing didn't, I didn't realize it was so far down. You should yell at me. Um, I need to be aroused like a man's aroused from his sleep. Put that thing up there, right? Double entendre. (laughs) So here's what it says. Two by two they entered into the ark, and every seed returned after its kind. Two, two joined together in bet, in the house. Two joined together in the house when a male and female Naked mole rat get together, it doesn't produce a lamb. What does it produce? Naked mole rat. It says two by two enter into the ark. And guess what? Every living creature is going to come out the same way. You getting this? And then he says this. And he sent, this is how the English says it like this. He says, it sent a raven out. And then they would rest and see if the water's dry. Raven literally says, if you go look at it, it says, and Raven means dusk or evening. So it says, here's what it says. It entered into the, the entry of the ark below in the evening again and again to see if the water stopped. It says, then he sent out a dove. Dove, if you go look at it in Hebrew, it says, so he's using the exact same imagery. He says, dove, literally, if you look it up in Hebrew, it says, the warmth of mating. So in the evening, every evening, he would send out a dove in the opening of the woman with a fresh plucked olive from the branch to see if the water had dried up. And then when the the dove, all the water was dried up, then they knew the seed had been taken because the woman's period stopped. Now here's where it really gets wild. It says, on the 27th day of the second month, she's completely dry. How long is your period, ladies? 28 days, right? So the first month, it says it's partially dry, because part of the month, you probably had your cycle. Second month, after the 27th day, 28th day, you're completely dry. The waters below are subsided, right? Then the imagery says, then the man, the imagery literally is, get off me, the lady's saying. It's done. Really, it says, roll over. It says, roll over. It's, it's so, that's why I was like, I was just having a blast of my life with you guys Thursday night because I'm going, if you really knew what this says. So, and that says, so the second month, the 27th day, she was completely dry. And how many, how long is your, the cycle of birth? Ladies, how, how long are you pregnant? Nine months. So the first month plus the nine months, you're into the what month? Tenth month. And it says literally this. It says, on the tenth month, a man's head emerged from the mountain of the woman and the man. 
Now, the end of Noah gets really serious, and it says this. Now, we, we, I was sharing Barb with this. I was showing her in Hebrew what it says, and it's actually pretty serious, guys, because it says this. It says, once you get how everything's created, right, where any seed you plant returns to you, good or bad, it says you will no longer curse the ground of the earth. Now, we think it's God cursing the ground. He's talking to us, and here's what he's saying. You used to, before you grew up, it says you're, when you were a youth, when you were a youth, you didn't know the power that you had within you to create life. You're not intimate yet. You don't have knowledge of it yet. You don't have personal experience of it yet. It says, but once you do, you go, whoa, I have the power within myself. I'm, I have God within me to create life. And he says, then, when you understand that, you'll no longer be a youth. You'll understand, you'll get to some maturity here. And he says, you will never Take lightly the seeds you plant on the earth. Literally, in Hebrew, it says this. It doesn't say God's cursing the earth. It says, whoa, I better take this seriously. It says, because what I need to do from now on is call every living creature pure and make sure that every one of my thoughts are pure because it will not return void. This is about maturity, knowing spiritual maturity. Hey, Guys, treat this seriously. When you understand the power that you have, you'll no longer curse people. You'll say everybody's pure. And every thought of yours will be pure because you understand the power of the earth. I will not take this thing lightly is what it says in Hebrew. That I need to be serious about what seeds I plant. Because whether I plant a negative seed or I plant a powerful seed, God has given you that ability. He's given you his spirit. And it says there's only one thing that builds and destroys is your I am-ness, is what it says. It says, I am God that destroys. I'm God that builds up. And Noah's story is going, take this seriously, guys, as powerful. When you become a, a man and you realize you can produce physical offspring, you have the power of God himself, your thoughts have the same power. So you should never, ever, ever say somebody else is unclean, or you should never have an unclean thought again. I'm not going to take this womb of mine lightly, because it'll produce. That's Noah. We'll go and, I'll show you tomorrow night. Some of you guys, if you want to go to freedomministries.live, password freedom at 6 o'clock mountain, I'll go through each of those words and show you. I'm not making this up. Noah has as much, like I said, Noah has the whole story. Once they real, that's why, I don't know if you guys saw that, but I, I, so I went to the Ark Encounter. It was like the gift that didn't keep, once you understand it, it's like hilarious. So I go to the Ark Encounter website, the boat they're building in Kentucky, right? And I posted this on Facebook because I, I just couldn't help myself. It literally says, think bigger. <laughs> Things to do. An encounter, an Ark Encounter for the whole family. And so it's like, Really? You're gonna, you're, the whole family wants to see an ark encounter? This ought to be interesting, right? And then on the, the sub-scrolls, the three headings, I forget exactly what they were, but they were like too perfect. It says, uh, um, you can plan your encounter. The next one was, learn how to stay safe in your encounter. And yes, we are open. <laughs> Sorry, I just I got such a kick out of that. I had to post it on Facebook. I, that's where I was like, Hey, Mildred, we need to have an ark encounter. Let's plan our visit. Let's learn how to be safe. And let's let the whole family watch, right? <laughs> if they only knew what it was, right? Anyways, this helped you guys. But to, to me, that's really, it's, I, I was just, I was laughing so hard. She's like, what are you laughing about? I go, I can't, the image, you can't make this up. It's like the gift that keeps giving. Oh my gosh, right? So here's what I want you to know. You're, you carry the creative ability of God. It says, salvation is within you. I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. 
Just as you have, the, you have the ability to create out of the Spirit, by grace, grace, we shout unto it. Once the seed is released in a woman, there's nothing to you. God, the creative ability of God comes up. This, your heart and mind, and what you say is the creative ability of God. And it's no more hard, no more difficult, no more hard. My mother would kill me as a school teacher. No more hard. I got some creator gators, Mom. So, no more hard. <laughs> it's no harder, she would pronunciate with me. It's no harder then going, what is my desire? Thank you, Father. From this day forward, I have that. And keep your mind there because it'll return with no effort of your own. You can just go, grace, grace. Amen? So I hope that helps. God bless, guys. Tomorrow night, we'll get to know it's fun if you've never gone there. It's a lot of fun. You'll learn how to do it, how to stay safe, and yes, you can be open. <laughs> God bless you guys.